The FujiCast is an independent Loading Zone production. A quick word about this month's FujiCast and some show news before the live show recorded at the House of Photography. From September, the show is going bi-monthly. Yes, we're adding an extra edition back in as we head into autumn and then the darker winter months, in the Northern Hemisphere at least. So keep your questions for the show coming in to click at fujicast.co.uk and of course through the Facebook group as well. We'd like to thank Andreas Georgiadis, Group Marketing Manager at Fujifilm for hosting our show at the House of Photography in London and the fantastic team for your help too. Prior to the event, we were treated to two photographic talks in Fujicast's Got Talent. Both full recordings will be featured on our Patreon page very soon where we'll also be able to share some of their pictures too. But here's a minute of each before we start today's show. Dan Croft made his first photographic presentation ever, talking about projects, why they're precious, and of course, his own project. When I first started putting together ideas for a photographic project back in 2017, I needed to select something that was close to me, easily accessible, and something that interested me. As with a lot of people, I didn't really like where I live much at all. I live in North Dorset countryside that borders on Somerset and Wiltshire. To most people, a beautiful area, endless countryside, views, national trust land, and just generally spectacular scenery. But beyond the town centre, it can be described as dull with not a lot going on. At first, I was completely stuck with what to do or where to start. I wanted to do something over a long period of time with the end goal and have an exhibition and a book or a zine. So I started walking with my camera in the summer evenings, pretty much through the fields and paths that surround me, taking photos of areas I had passed many, many times in the past and paid no attention to. Jumping forward to December 2021, I held an exhibition based on what I started in 2017. It was titled Rain Clouds Above the Dark Trees. Along the way, I had different ideas, different directions. Do I add portraits of people? Do I stick with monochrome? Is what I am doing interesting enough? So many questions. I think it's important to question what you are doing. It helps you learn and grow, but not too much as it can counterproductive. You'll find yourself asking questions instead of taking photos. And then Kara Mew talked about reclaiming your family album and storytelling. I'm really fascinated by the stories that we share as humans to one another. So it's a really intimate way of getting to know other people and listening to them and I really really like the way that when you meet someone for the first time or it's a friend and they become really animated with the stories that they share and I really enjoy watching people share something that they really love and the belly fire that it gives them it's exciting to watch people and when you share stories it's full of complexity and it can be full of intimacies and it can be there can be it can be difficult it can be challenging to speak to each other but when you are sharing stories orally there is always a connection between each other and it's the same thing with photography there is a connection there so be it you are watching the connection through your lens with your subject matters or you are connecting as a photographer and the people that you're photographing as well. That connection is really, really important. Our thanks to Dan and Kara. So now it's great to be back on the road with a live show and fantastic to return to Fujifilm's amazing house of photography. Here is the latest Fujicast live. Two and a bit years ago, we were here, Kev. It was BC, as I call it now. Kev said to me, he said, um, will we go into lockdown, Neil? I said, Kev, don't be stupid. Get another beer in. 
That was the last beer Kev bought me for 878 days. But now he's brought a fridge load with him. And guess what? We're both on zero and water. (laughs) Zero alcohol, yeah. 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 But but what happened in 878 days? I had an affair with Cannon. Ooh. (laughs) Kev became a vegan. Uh, and, and a judo champion, I, I don't know how many of you know that he's actually going for his black belt this weekend. Incredible. Yeah. And Andreas hand built me and released after so many years of moaning, yeah. <laughs> of moaning, an XH2S. Just for me. Just for you. Just for me. Welcome to the Fujicast Live from the House of Photography, Covent Garden in London, after 878 days! It's so good to be back. Um, and uh, as normal, we've got the, 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 the Fujicast live show. We, we have got a live audience of at least 78 people. Um, <laughs> and, it, and it's lovely to see you all. Thank you very much for coming. You're going to be asking questions. This is a bit like uh, the BBC's Question Time, but a lot more entertaining and not quite so political. Um, so please, during the show, we, we as always, we require, uh, or we, no, we absolutely exist on your questions. So please don't be shy. Uh, Neil Ford is going to be our uh, microphone wrangler. Um, so uh, he will be moving amongst the audience swiftly and quietly uh, with his microphone. Please do not be shy. Ask uh, as many questions as you like. Uh, as you know, I am usually not so good at answering them. But thank God we've got Andreas. Uh, <laughs> and we've got Kev. Uh, otherwise, we really would be in trouble. Um, so, uh, should we go straight into questions? Let's do that. No. No? No. no. Oh. I need to explain the questions. Oh. So, um, it, it, the questions are all on you, yeah. okay? which I know is a little bit nerve-wracking sometimes. So, the first person to put their hand up will get a little gift. Um, and thereafter, the gifts get a little bit lesser and lesser. But everybody who asks a question, unless we have more than <laughs> about 400 questions, <laughs> probably we'll won't get here, much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but before we do b- b- before we do, do that... Um, thank you so much to uh, Dan and Kara. They, that was absolutely amazing. Yes. Uh, so another round of applause well, for them. Yeah. And they, they, they can have the first gifts. Now, Dan, I know that you said that you can't even do a camera strap. Is that right? Where is he? Where has he gone? He's at the back, right. So uh, you can have the camera strap. So you have to come and get it. Come and get it. Come and get it. So that's a Peak Design camera strap. By the way, all of these gifts were kindly donated by Andreas and yes, Fujifilm. Yes, yes. Yeah, so don't thank us, thank him. Kara, you've got a special writing pad for writing down all of your special messages for your lovely pictures. It's got a special pen, and it's brown. All the others are black. So this is very special. It's a limited Kara, edition. limited edition yeah. pad. It's got no writing in it already, so it's brand new. Where is she? There we go. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, this yeah. is like a wedding. Have you got any flowers you're going to bring out there in a second? <laughs> oh, I actually have got a couple. I've got, actually, let's do this now. Hold, Hold on. on a sec. This is for Neil, our wandering rover, because I don't think we thanked him last time. Not properly. Oh, no, we didn't. Do you, no. drink, do you drink red wine? Can do. 
<laughs> it's posh, I promise, even though it's in a Tesco bag. Thank you very much. It's nice one. And actually, so, so while, we're, while we're just at this, they, I've got to say, oh, I've got to sit down. <laughs> Oh my God! Are you doing the judo black belt? It doesn't bode well for me. It doesn't, does it? I got. Um, so we are. I'm going to say, or we are going to say, as part all of us, right? Are going to say thank you to Andreas and Carl, yes. especially, yeah. Yeah. Um, because they are the the people who generally answer all of the techie questions in the Facebook group, uh, and they don't have to do that, even though it's like a Fuji orientated thing. So we have to say a big thank you to Andreas and Carl. Carl's not here. So, um, yeah, I got, we got you a bottle of wine as no, well. No, you shouldn't have. But is, well, I was going to give it to Carl, frankly. Oh, right. but yes. yeah, yeah, so <laughs> I get it by default. <laughs> well done, Andreas. <laughs> Next, making the best man speech. <laughs> right. Uh, let's start with the questions. And I, I do have some spare that have been written in over the last couple of weeks. Um, but I don't think we're going to need these. I think we're going to be okay with the questions that you have. And now you've seen there's a magic bag of goodies. <laughs> it might make things a little bit more attractive to put your hand up first. So who we are? We got. Oh, <laughs> oh. They had no intention of asking questions. No, no. So the <laughs> question is, can I have something? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Who are we going to go? Let's go. So uh, please, as you go through your questions, give your name first, and then ask your question, please. Hi, my name's Joey. Campania, I'm from New York. Yeah. Uh, how did the Fuji cast come to be? Ah. What's the origin story? Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I always look at Andreas to answer everything. <laughs> well, I had a podcast first called Breathe. I did about eight episodes and uh, then parked it really for a little while. And, and one day, myself and Kev were having a chat. And um, yeah, we, uh, we decided to, to give it a go. I thought, I think. I mean, our initial conversations were, how long would this podcast be? And Kev said, no more than 20 minutes. Surely people would be bored. And uh, it's, en and they <laughs> it's <are>. ended up <laughs> being a lot, lot longer. He says uh, that before every episode, doesn't <laughs> he? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that was it. And then we just, just carried on doing it. In podcasting world, they see if you, if you do seven, then you've got a podcast. Prior to that, it's just a hobby. Um, so uh, we've gone well past seven. How yeah. long ago was that now? We celebrated two years in February 2020. Yeah, yeah. so four and a bit years then. Yeah. Yeah, four and a bit years. Is it? Must be. Wow. Yeah, I mean, we did have the pandemic in the middle of that. Yeah, yeah. And all of that stuff. So Can't be three four years. years. Was it what, three and a half? Three and a bit. It was kind of my idea for the Fuji element of things, I think. You wanted to do a podcast, I wanted to do the Fuji Yeah, I wanted to do real side. crime. Oh, we're careful. Yeah. But. <laughs> There's still time. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that was it. We did. I think we toyed for a little while with doing a wedding podcast, didn't we? But that didn't really appeal, did it? No, no, no. no. Not that there's anything wrong with weddings, clearly. In, in terms what? of weddings and divorces, or just, <laughs> yeah. oh, I can talk a lot about that. <laughs> I could do that all day long. <laughs> yeah. Right. Who else has got a uh, got a question there? Let's move it across. Uh, more one for you, Neil, regarding your affair. Has the recent <laughs> announcement from Fuji and their camera could that possibly bring you back? I don't think I, I don't think I really made a, a grand announcement myself. I know that wasn't what you said, but no, I mean the reason I've I've talked about this on the podcast, haven't I? I mean I, I was a Canon shooter for many many years. Absolutely love the color. 
Um, all raw files are not equal, and I was just able to do what I wanted to do for weddings with the Canon files. It seemed to me a little bit more easily. But actually, you know, when you look back, and I, I recently had to... Um, uh, I, I've been putting my <laughs> long last uh, website together and uh, the strike in London next week has helped me actually focus. I can't do anything in London next week so I've actually put three or four days aside to do the website at long last. I've had to cancel my workshop. I know you did, yeah. Um, so uh, I was looking at a load of files the other day and I thought, you know what, I, I, actually it, it's now pretty much evens really the, the pictures that I like the most. Kev said something to me and I've always, <laughs> I've always been a bit dismissive over this. So I'm going to be public now. Those that went on the photo walk earlier with me, and I, I said, you know, Kev was right about something. And uh, I said, Kev has always said to me, it's a lot, lot more fun shooting with a Fuji. I said, oh, get away with you. It's got nothing to do with fun. It's all to do with how easy it is to, you know, to wrangle the files afterwards. And I, I don't want to have fun. I just want to shoot a job and, and get on with it. But he's absolutely right. It, it is a lot more fun. And I, I've been badgering Andreas for so long for this X-H2. S. When, when did we do the... <laughs> probably probably yeah. from day one. No, I, I can remember you first badgering me when we were um, In that filming. pub across the way. But no, it was before that. It was when we were filming the Magnum photographer in Brighton. Uh, well, that's ages ago. Yeah. Yeah. And you were, you were, well, I shot that with an X-T2, I think. Yeah. yeah. It was back then that you started going, yeah, but it needs to do this and that. Well, uh, actually, you did give me an X-H1, mm. which I almost promptly lost in Brighton when I was walking along the front in the dark with it and some guy came over to me and, and looked like he was going to take it off me. And I, I ran into an art gallery and stayed in there for about 15, 20 minutes and he went away. Yeah. I thought I couldn't begin to think of how I'd have said, Andreas, you know that, that only XH2, uh, XH1 that's in the UK? Um, it's been nicked. I, did that answer your question? Just about, just about. Does yeah. that mean you're coming back? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, that, yeah it does, yeah, yeah, that, I'm, I'm, the, the X-H2S is the push that I needed, really. Yeah. I really could have gone to an X-T4, I suppose, but I really do like the grip. There is something about the ergonomics of the X-H that, for me, is spot on, and, and I know it's not the same for you, though, Kev, is it? No, I don't like the design at all. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, you still ordered a, one. I did order <laughs> one, yeah, because it's a, it's a, it's a machine. Um, so this, this is kind of a, a juxtaposition question, I suppose, then, in terms of the, like this, the PASM dials and mm. all of that stuff that we see on the XH2S, uh, XS10... And GFX. And GFX. I think a lot of people uh, are, like, a little bit concerned that little things like this or the X-Pro, X-T, is, is that kind of the three different paradigms of design going to carry on? Or are we likely to see the PASM dial hell appear on other no, cameras? No, I, I, think, I think in short, we, we won't see the PASM dial appear on all the other models. Um, that, that, that'll be the quickest and easiest way to answer it. Uh, ultimately, we, we started out this journey 12 years ago now with the X100, and that had very classic look and feel, and we built our user base with that um, ergonomics and, and orientation but we've got to a point where we also need to appeal to other brand customers that are coming over to our system and 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 it is a personal preference in terms of the 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 button layout and too many switches and dials and, and things like that and some people find our system intimidating because of that and they don't want they want more simple way of switching um and that's where the pasm logic comes in so the first camera to really have that was the XS10, mm. um, and that was designed for 
so like DSLR shooters who weren't getting a mirrorless camera from their brands and we felt that that was an opportunity for us to um, switch people over in, into mirrorless um, and we've always said XH is sort of like more professionally minded but there will be traditional classic dial um, cameras coming out right next question who have we got I, uh, Simon um, so in your uh, retreat back to uh, Fuji and, and the, uh, the wonderful house that it is uh, are you going to go for an HS sorry H2 S <laughs> or are you going to wait for the H2 oh, no, def definitely yes I, I, don't, I don't need something with um, a lot more resolution mm. really for the, for the sort of jobs that I'm doing it's, it's absolutely perfect um, so I'm very happy that I'm, I'm really pleased that this is the first iteration to come out actually um, Andreas, are there any other advantages other than the larger sensor size that we can look forward to perhaps in the H2? Right, okay. I need to work out what has already been said and what hasn't been said. <laughs> <laughs> we won't, we won't think, think, of think of the money, think of the money. So I think what officially has been said is that we are developing a 40 megapixel high resolution APS-C sensor, the X-Trans CMOS 5HR and that we will be releasing the H XH2. That will be the first camera with that sensor. Um, what we haven't stated is all the video modes, if it's exactly the same body, et cetera, et cetera. So um, let's, let's work out the best way to answer it. Are there going to be any surprises um, for people? Um, I don't think so. Um, the XH2S was announced first because it is the flagship in terms of speed, performance, and things like that. And our management always said that the reason we were waiting for so long to get an XH1 replacement to like the next level was because we needed to wait for a new sensor and new processor to do it justice. Because we announced the XH1 at the back end of the life of a sensor and processor, um, and although it was the the um, most advanced in terms of camera body it wasn't the most advanced internal so we learned from our mistakes and we flipped it on its head and we've announced the most advanced camera that we can make in X, X, X series and that's the XH2S and then there will be for more um, for those people that want higher resolution there will be another version coming out the XH2 um, but I mean, you can make assumptions all you want in terms of will it be the same body and things like that? Will it be the same screen orientation? Will it have the same memory card slots? We've got two and a bit months to wait. Now that the XH2 uh, is out, is this time for me to start bugging you about the XH3? No. You, you can. <laughs> do, you, do you think, is it, uh, is it something you can give an indication on whether we'll see that same kind of idea in other cameras so might we see xt5s xt5 x pro what are we on now two so, four four s yeah. x pro four so um let's have a think so historically we would launch a sensor and processor so um xt3 back in september 2018 we launched the x trans cmos 4 and uh the x processor 4 and then pretty much every six months after that we had a new sensor and processor, uh, not a new sensor, a new camera come out with that sensor and processor. And what happened was that everyone felt 
um, it, it was, it's relatively difficult for people to go, well, hang on a minute, that's got the same sensor and processor, why haven't I got exactly the same features? So selling someone up from an XT30 to an XT3, it's not about the image quality, um, because in essence, they've, they've both got exactly the same image quality. I will get to your answer, it's just, okay? Now, what we've realized through the marketplace as it is in terms of people buying, it's, it's a lot easier to sell someone up on a different sensor. So if you go, right, okay, you want faster readout or you want higher resolution, it's a lot cleaner rather than saying, oh, you need a bigger resolution viewfinder or you need two memory card slots or weather resistant. They're, they're nuances that the mass consumer doesn't understand. So do I envisage us releasing more cameras with this dual sensor, so X-Trans CMOS 5, S, S, SR and HR? Mm -hmm. uh, no. Is the, is the short answer because I think it will just get far too confusing of the range. I think what will end up happening is we'll cherry pick which sensor to use in which camera body so that it fits the right target consumer at that sort of price point in that camera. Okay, next question. Uh, Jake Hilder. Um, I've always found mounted flash has been a bit overlooked in the Fuji lineup. Um, everyone seems to go to Godox for kind of Fuji flashes and stuff like that. I was just wondering if there's anything in development Fuji-wise for flashes that might kind of link to the system a little bit more. Um, are we working on any flashes? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Um, and, that, and that's a genuine not that I'm aware of. Uh, Flash has always been one of those where, um, as, you, as you say, from a third-party support, we've always had the likes of Nissin, Godox, Profoto in, in recent years, um, they, they've always offered a good enough and excellent flash system in, in many cases. And I think what we realized from the launch of the EFX 500 back in 2016, when we launched the X-T2, is that um, you need to have a whole system of flashes. And right now the resources aren't there um, to, to develop that. And hence why we've gone to a third party and said, right, actually, can we rebadge yours, add a couple of features, and you make it for us? Um, and that was the um, the latest flash, the i60 uh, equivalent. So um, it, it is, um, I don't want to say a criticism. I mean, the app, that's a criticism. Um, but the, um, the flashes uh, tend to be a, more of a nice to have in terms of people would like to have um, one brand to do everything but right now resource wise we wouldn't yeah. we're not looking at doing more flashes yeah. so I, think, I mean obviously coming from canon originally there's certain features where they kind of linked up the camera like if you're shooting auto iso and you turn the flash on it default to iso 400 so you could instantly start shooting whereas now you can't have to turn the flash on you have to change your iso to whatever you need or you forget and you're shooting at like 6400 iso yeah. With the flash and stuff like that so it's, it's quite frustrating if you if you use flash a lot mm. so it's, I don't know if there's any way of kind of implementing things on the camera which would work with those flashes I mean like anything is it possible yes <laughs> yeah. is, is it on the cards not that I'm aware of yeah. right. um, but but it, it's quite um, easy to start a thread saying a wish list um, and we do read them yeah. Um, and we do pass that feedback on. We have regularly catch-ups with the product planners in, in Japan yeah. um, and, and requests and things like that. Right, so uh, who are we going with uh, now? There we go. Hi, it's, uh, my name's James. I was going to ask about an X-Pro4, but I think Kev kind of asked about that. and just going to gauge a reaction. 
<laughs> He's looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you what's, what's the question? <laughs> Will we see one in the next 12 months? I don't know. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> that was okay. a short question. So, it's a short question. So, I could ask so another yeah. question about the app. <laughs> yeah. um, so so when, when people ask, is like, well, are you going to make one? Well, yeah, yeah we are going to make one. Yeah. The, 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 the way that I answer the question is um, the X-Pro1 was launched in 2012. I think it was February 2012, officially it got launched. The X-Pro2 was launched in January 2016. Uh, the X-Pro3 was launched in November 2020. So it's roughly every 2019. Yes, that was it, 20, November 2019. So it's a rough cycle of X-Pro every four years. So I don't see that changing. 2019, 2020, 2021. Take your shoes and socks off. 2022. <laughs> Is that four years? Yeah. Three years? So, so yeah, so if, if, if they carry on launching cameras on that schedule, you're looking at November, December, 2023, realistically, you're not gonna launch a camera in 2023, so I'd see it maybe early 2024, based on that launch schedule. That is not me saying it's gonna launch on that day or I'm anything right, I'm like writing that. it down. Caveat, caveat, caveat. Andreas based said. On, yeah. I'll save him there. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, the, the problem you have with, with any, you, you develop a new sensor and processor and immediately everyone goes, well, I want X camera. And it's not possible to launch every camera in, in, at the same time. Again, going back to the cycles of, of how things get launched, um, X-T3 was September 2018. Six months later, it was X-T30. Six months later, it was X-Pro3. Four months later, it was X-1. So it, there is a, a, an amount of time needs to pass. And... For every person that's shouting at us for an X-Pro4, there's a five people shouting at us for an X-T5. There's someone shouting at us for an X-E... What would it be? Five. There's someone else shouting for an X-T4. So it, it's just weighing up what is the priority um, and, and trying to release them in times. But when we have the, the next X Summit in September, we'll announce some new stuff there. And then I'm sure we'll have, again, people saying, but I wanted this camera coming out and what have you. So it's the merry-go-round that we're on. Okay. Um, let's go for another question. Um, hands held high at the House of Photography, please, all the way across that way. Okay. Hi, my name is Daniel. Uh, my question is that the X X-H2S autofocus performance is, as I understand, is due to this text sensor. Uh, with 40 megapixels, the X-H2, can we expect somewhat similar autofocus performance with a non-stacked sensor? So the, there's three things that um, the X-H2S, the reason for the autofocus performance. One is the stack sensor, so you're getting the faster readout speed of that. Um, two is the actual processor itself, much quicker. Um, and three is the autofocus algorithm. So if you um, eliminate the stack sensor from the equation, um, you'll still have two out of the three elements with the X-H2. So I suppose the question is, how good is the autofocus going to be on the X-H2 versus the X-H2S? I don't know. I, I have guesstimates in my head percentage-wise. The X-H2S will be faster um, because the sensor is faster, and that's why you're paying a premium for the stack sensor technology. 
will you get a much better performance autofocus um, than the fourth generation? Yes, you will, because you've got the new processor, the new AF algorithm. W what is that as a percentage? I, I simply don't know, I, and I can't even guess. Thanks very much. Right, who are we going to next? Hello. Hello. Um, I'm Paul. Hi, Paul. Um, away from sort of the technical questions, really, um, a question that's asked to the Fujicast guests um, kind of flipped. So it, I think the question is, um, if you could choose any photographer, living or, or deceased, <laughs> to spend the day taking photographs with, um, who would it be to all three? Wow. Go on, Andreas, you go first. Oh, I'm rubbish at this question. <laughs> okay, then when um, do we get an X80? <laughs> <laughs> that one's easy. Um, alive or, yeah. or deceased. The yeah. um, thing is, I'm, I'm really bad. There's, there's going to come out really bad. I like what I like, but I don't specifically follow lots of... I don't know lots of photographers by name sort of thing. So um, it, it's going to sound rubbish, but... Um, it would be my grandfather oh, who oh. got my dad into photography yeah. and I'd be asking him what was it that he wanted, what was, it, what was the, his motivation, as it were, with photography. Um, and so, like, because when, going back to Cara's uh, comments about um, taking pictures of the everyday, we're, we're blessed in the ability to take thousands of pictures every day and it doesn't cost us a penny. Yeah. But go back a few years and obviously you had to be much more mindful about the photo you were taking and had to be not staged but you, you had to be a lot more considered um, so it'd be my grandfather to, yeah. to find out why he started taking photography and because and he didn't follow it through he, he started and then didn't follow it through I would um, I, I, my answer to this question would probably change week by week but but in the only the other day I, I, I found out about uh, uh, Bailey's advanced stages of dementia. I thought, you know, wouldn't wouldn't it be amazing to go back? What two, three years just to go for a walk around the East End with with Bailey and uh, and talk about the old haunts that he used to photograph and the stories that he had. So uh, I'm I'm going to choose choose him. I think I, I agree with you though. It changes mm. probably all the time. Kev, he just tell you to f off. <laughs> probably would. And you know what? I'd enjoy it. <laughs> Uh, I think I would go for Darcy Padilla. Ah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. She's still alive. She's still a, a very active photographer. Yeah. Um, beautiful, beautiful social documentarian. Wonderful black and whites. Yeah, yeah just ace. Yeah. Darcy Padilla. Fantastic. Thank you. Great question. Right, let's move the, uh, the microphone around here. Hi, guys. I'm David. I've just got a question for the three of you, um, and then possibly a QQ at the end. <laughs> I was just wondering um, if either of you could go back to like a moment in, in your lifetime before you got before you were into photography yeah. um, to have a camera in your hand at that time where would you go back to and also the, the question at the end can I get a shout out from the bouquet chicken <laughs> I don't have him with me I, I, I've got Kev's I've got Kev's horse yeah that'll do yeah, nice <laughs> and of course we've got the lovely Gemma oh. <laughs> uh, do you want to go first with this one Kev go on Ah, cripes. I think, well, I've got a couple of, yeah, one I'm not going to say. Um, oh, that's the one we want to know about. Yeah, okay. Oh. Yeah, I think I probably will then. Be careful. <laughs> uh, no, I won't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. 
no, I can't. I can edit it out. No, he I can't. says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in that case, uh, <laughs> I tell you what. On the Patreon, you go if, first. If, if, you, if you join Patreon, Kev will tell that story. How about that? Um, I, uh, all right. Well, I'll save you for a second then. I mean, I, there's, there's. Can I give two? Um, there's. Uh, certainly, I would love to go back um, to photograph my grandma's house. Now, Kara saw, I think this is probably Kara mm. talking about legacy, I'm sure. But my, my grandma grew up in um, Winchmore Hill, which is close to Enfield, North London. And she had this amazing house. And um, it, it, was, it was really, I, mean, I don't think it really changed since the end of the Second World War. My, my father had, um, uh, had posters up on the wall, and they were of the all the movements of the troops and all that kind of stuff. We they still had Bakelite, uh, the Bakelite fittings for for the electricity, and they were the I, I, were they two? Did we have two? Was it two pin at one stage in the in the UK? Whatever it was, it was complete. I mean, it was a death trap. This house, and underneath the stairs, they were it was shored up with oak beams that my grandfather, who I never was fortunate enough to meet, he'd he'd put those in because dad's mum didn't want to see him go away, Did, didn't want, a lot of children were evacuated out of London and she couldn't bear to be without him. So they, he slept in a sort of Harry Potter style underneath the stairs that were shored up by railway sleepers that somehow my grandfather managed to get during the war. Um, I'd love to go back to that. And, and then the only other one would be all that time I spent in broadcasting where my dad had bought me a camera and said, there we go, son, you meet lots of famous people. And I never took one single picture, really. Go on, Kev, tell us about this, uh, this girlfriend of yours. No. <laughs> I'd, uh, Just tell us, Kev. Uh, no, I, I, I think I'd, I would, I'd like to go back and take pictures of petrol when it was one pound forty a litre. <laughs> That's what I'd like to do. <laughs> oh, or 70 pence a gallon. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know, that's a really tricky... Like, part of me wants to be totally obtuse and say I'd love to, you know, like, seen pictures of my own birth, which seems a bit perverse a bit, wow, I think, doesn't it? Yeah. But, like, something like that. I'm um, just going to write down here. Other than Count, that... Counselling for care nothing, on Monday. Yeah, nothing, nothing's interesting has happened in my life. Oh, Kev... <laughs> I honestly cannot think of one thing, like apart from like grandparents, all that kind of stuff, yeah. you know. But I can't think of what a, about all your rugby and yeah. But that's stuff, isn't it? I've got a different problem. I I've had a camera since I was seven. Oh, that is a problem then. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I've been documenting things for a while. Yeah. But as you said, it was like back then. It was like you, you're documenting something for a reason rather yeah. than yeah. documenting the everyday. And that's really stuck with me. Like I don't have photographs of my grandparents, aunts mm. and uncles that are no longer here. Um, just, just the everyday stuff of like that I think back when I smell something or whatever. Um, so, so yeah. So I'm struggling to think of something that I haven't got a photograph of that I would want that isn't um, what we've already discussed about um, family members and what have you that aren't here. But yeah. um, holidays, special events, and things. I, I've always had a camera. It's like going back to when I was seven, a one one zero camera where it was like proper idiot proof. Um, <laughs> to an APS camera and all of that through the years because I've worked in a camera shop since I was when I was 16 um, so so yeah so I, I've always been with camera um, boringly no not at all I think it's a good thing I think our our kids are more likely to have a, a really good way of documenting their life because they take pictures of everything I, I don't think if they were if they, if they were up here on this stage in 20 years time they'd say oh, I've got it 
Yeah. I've done it. Yeah, bought yeah. the T-shirt. Thanks. Very good question. Right. Thank where, you. where are we going next? We've got some hands further towards the back. Hi, uh, Ronan Palliser from Dublin. Um, a quick question for Andreas, which is the 56 Mark II. Yes. It's on the roadmap for 2022. Yes. Will we see it before the clocks change and the winter weddings come in? <laughs> that should that should be said with like a horror film over by the time that the, the time clocks the change. Clocks change. Right. By the time the right. clock hits twelve. <laughs> yeah. uh, could you tell it? Could you deliver a time as well? Where it may be. Um, <laughs> uh, officially, I cannot say. Okay. Um, but uh, this is audio, so you can you nod will, it and shake um, your head. What's, what's <laughs> Might it be lighter in the mornings or darker? <laughs> Depending on where the wind blows. Um, the, the thing is, as you said, it's on the roadmap. Um, we have announced that we have got an X-Summit in September. We probably wouldn't add lots of things to that X-Summit, um, apart from what we've teased already. So... Enough said. Yeah. 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 Um, and a quick follow-up. I, I photographed a wedding in 2020 where the bride walked up the aisle wearing a mask and her dad was two meters behind wearing a mask. And when I look back on that, that was like peak COVID for me. Mm. I'm just wondering for yourself, Neil and Kevin, when you think back at the last two years and what's happened since the last live show, what's your like peak COVID moment or is there a picture or a moment that you wow. photographed that kind of speaks to that that will stick you, with you forever do you mean photographically or, uh, or, or emotionally or, or both probably photographically, photographically. But, but it could be either oh. um, in terms of um, well, I had similar experiences to you I, um, uh, you know seeing trying to work out how am I going to photograph this without without this person thinking you know there's a mask in my picture or almost every single photograph I mean if it was emotional it would, it would be definitely the, the 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 afternoons that I spent recording the podcast with Kev when we when we went seven days a week I think 78 we, episodes was it 78 yeah. episodes I mean that that was that was cathartic to say the least <laughs> uh, during that period I, I got a great picture Did you? of my of Gemma. It was I can't remember. Hold on, Gemma. <laughs> <laughs> there was so many lockdowns. I can't remember which one it was now. But it, basically, we were explaining to the kids that they weren't going to school for the next like five hundred years or something. And Rosa was was pretty sad because she had she was like you know she's at that age where she likes her friends and, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So Gemma's explaining it. Rosa's going, and Albie's next. <laughs> Albie's next door going. <laughs> like the complete opposite so one of them was chuffed one of them was heartbroken and you photographed that moment I got a picture somewhere yeah, yeah. 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 Um, particularly good picture but I got that one so yeah. I think that was it for me like the, the, yin, the yin and yang of the the kids and you know that kind of that, that one time when he when we got we all went to school one day and then he said actually no yeah. Changed it again. And, you know, all of the dramas and everything of that. Did you get the reverse picture when you said, tomorrow, kids, you're going back? <laughs> Albie was devastated. Um, it seems like ages ago now, doesn't it? The it does. Word. Yeah. It seems like ages ago. Yeah. Which so, is good. So I know the question wasn't asked for me, but, but I have an answer. Please. Um, and, and for me, that, that is peak COVID. So some, somehow... Um, my wife and I managed to get on like three or four holidays abroad during the two years. But nobody flew. What were you doing? Was it private jet? As cargo. Um, 
and um, it's the busiest beach in Cyprus, and literally you can't move like half a meter. Not normally. there, it's not. No. But it it is empty completely. Yeah. So like you you can't see another person for like a hundred meters, and yeah. and that was because it was the September um, six months in, and so we were just coming out of the first. So like it was the whole um, eat out to give each other COVID scheme that the government put out Um, and we decided to go to Cyprus for like 10 days we managed to get there go to this beach and it was like by the pool it was us and a another family Um, and so there were like normally 300 sunbeds and it was only two of us and that for me is peak COVID and I'll never experience that ever again Um, so yeah I remember coming here and I can't remember why it must have been (laughs) In your sleep? No, no, I came here and it was, I think it was the first, it was a Friday and it was like the first day that we were allowed to go on trains and stuff, but the tubes weren't running. Yeah. And I was coming here for some reason, I can't quite remember why. Um, And I walked, so I had to walk from Paddington, I was the only person on the train, I walked from Paddington to here and I walked through Leicester Square and it was like 10am on a Friday Mm. morning and it was was me and a road sweeper and that was it. Yeah. I opted him with his sweeping up. Okay. Good question. Right, where are we going next with us? Uh, Hello, my name's Leon. Over the past three and a half years, you've had some amazing interviews and guest speakers come on. Who would you love to see on the podcast next? Ooh. Um, I don't know. It's the way that it works generally is Neil and I pester people. And they either ignore us long enough or they, yeah. they, they accept. I mean, I'd love to speak to Darcy Padilla again, spoke, spoke about that. Yeah, I mean, there's loads. There's just loads, like loads. Although sometimes we do, because con- the way that we do it now, now that we've gone monthly, is that I do one interview one month and Neil will do the one next month. And so, you know, we kind of look for our own interviewees. Although we, like. have, we have talked about, we have, we have sort of dalliance with uh, every other week again, haven't we? In which case, it will probably be one interview stretched out. You know, you'd have part one, one, you know, start of the month, part two. Should we, put, uh, should we ask a vote? Shall we? Should we do that as a vote? If you would like it to go um, every... Bi-weekly. Uh, bi-monthly, bi- isn't it? Bi-monthly. Yeah. Bi-weekly is twice a week. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Fort- no, don't do Fortnightly. Hang <laughs> <laughs> on a moment. Fortnightly? Are we going into another lockdown? Yeah, but with, uh, with a guest sort of uh, part one and part two during the month. Who would, who, who would go for that? Yeah. Nobody. So no. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's lost control of it, right? Yeah, so that, that was an idea we, uh, um, we talked about. Yeah. But that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't really answer your, your guest question. Yeah, that's a similar question to like, who, which photographer you'd like to spend the day with, isn't it, really? Yeah. It's, always, it's always that way. Yeah. Um, I think the, some, some, of the, some of the perhaps new ex-photographers would be really interesting. Yeah. Um, definitely to, to, hear, uh, to hear what they have to say and their story and what's going to be happening in the future. I, I think that would be, that would be a great place. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly over the next couple of months, I'd like to do that. Yeah, and I quite like the interviews with... With some of the, in, the designers and things like that. that yeah, we, yeah you know, the designers. Like, are, I yeah, think yeah. that's. I think we need to work on getting this podcast to Japan. Well, I was just about to say that. You know, if we went to Japan, we could do. You could talk. We'd do a factory tour. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's easily arranged. Oh well, there we go. Wow, yeah. who would like <laughs> that? Any, anybody <laughs> like to come to Japan for? A, yeah, <laughs> every hand has gone up. Right, okay. Hands up if you'd like to go to Japan <laughs> twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. Here we go. Uh, right at the back. How you doing? I'm Denver. Um, Andreas, don't worry. It's not going to be about films. So you've um, <laughs> you, 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 you dodged the bullet this year. Um, a, a lot of the questions, kind of what if, have been really good. So I know for me, like if I could do anything with photography. It would either be a kind of personal photography to a band like 
shine down a Blackstone Cherry or Cadillac 3, something like that, or um, onboard reporting for the uh, Volvo Ocean Race. If you could go and shoot anything, so obviously we're familiar what we, with what you do, what would be your dream thing to go and do for a living photography-wise, or is actually what you do your dream? Well, you answer that first, Andreas. Is, is marketing executive oh, from wow. your dream job? So, so I studied <laughs> physics, so like, I'm, I'm as far away from... Um, yeah, and I was saying this to somebody, that what they study and what they will end up doing as a job... Um, yeah. That, that two different things and and probably because they're 15 right now as a friend's son um that their job hasn't been invented yet so um i think i like the idea and the glamour of motorsport f1 photography yeah. um but the homebody in me goes there, there'll be some weeks you go i can't bother to get on another plane and, and what have you but if you remove if i removed my own personality from me for a second and said what would be my dream job it would probably be an f1 motorsport photographer mm. but i think it's just the glitz the glamour that that side of thing that that appeals to me but um i love what i do in terms of being able to speak to uh, end users uh work in what is my hobby um enable people to Yes, we, we obviously have a lot of people who do photography as a profession, so it is their livelihood and they are relying on it, but it is also the hobby of, of a lot of people. So um, I feel very fortunate in the job that I do already, so hence why I'm not becoming a Formula <laughs> One photographer, because I could if I wanted to know. I'd, I'd like to do something like, I'm not going to call it more worthy than weddings, because that's wrong, but something that has a different kind of storytelling. That kind of thing. I would, you know, I'd probably be, be scared stiff to go up with the Met Police on a Saturday night. Mm. But, but I think photographing it sounds like a real challenge and very interesting. And I, I think I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to have a go. Maybe I wouldn't. Oh, goodness, yeah. Denver works we, for the we Metropolitan. Can, we, we can arrange that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. and that sort of thing. I, I once had an opportunity to go up with the air ambulance. I, it was the most um, incredible afternoon and I felt exceptionally fortunate and then to watch these people these professionals at work uh, was incredible and if i could if i could make my photographic living doing that kind of thing with those kind of people well fabulous i i would like so i have a list i have a, i actually have a list somewhere uh, at home in my studio of uh the 50 people 50 people who have been hugely influential in my life oh. And I'd like to just go around the world and take pictures of them. Ah, wow. That's it. Yeah. Oh, that's Although some yeah. of them are dead. Oh, yeah. So just be so a very yeah, static landscape. Might, might just be their tombstone yeah, or something. Tombstone, but yeah. yeah. Well, that's still yeah, counts, but that's, that's it. Yeah. And, I, and I actually have got this vision of it being portraits. Not, not kind of candid or anything, but I want to hunt down these people. Um, oh, dear. Are they ready for it? <laughs> and uh, yeah. So yeah, that's what I want to do. That's really good. So it was not a job, because you wouldn't get paid for it, but that's, that's something that I would like to do at some mm. point, when I win the lottery. Yeah. Keep practicing. Right, next question. Where are we going? Hi, uh, I'm Kent. Question for Andreas. What's your view on manual lenses, third-party ones? I think that any lens that allows a photographer to create a vision they see fit is, is great. Um, the more lenses a system has available to it, the better. Um, same with adapters and things like that. Ultimately, it's just encouraging people to be creative. Um, so do 
technically speaking, Fujifilm do make manual lenses in terms of our cine lenses. That's like it's all manual focus and and what have you. Do I see us making small, compact primes that are manual? No. But um, yeah, in terms of so like all these third parties making non-traditional focal length or apertures or so like um, effects that they give, um, I think it's great for any system, and so like it allows and, and encourages creativity. Okay, um, right. We've got another question at the front. We've got one over here, and I, 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 somebody is in the audience who sent in a question actually, which I, I'm going to read. And uh, if you want to take the, the microphone to Emily, she might want to add some extra bits in. Um, a, a question from De Belgian. I'm thinking about having the whole of December off um, shooting, except for blogging, SEO, etc. Do you think it's a bad idea? Kev, when did you start to take the whole of August off? And how did it affect you or your business to start with? Uh, I am kind of over uh, doing it this, se this season, and I know I will reach a point in November uh, when, when it dies down for me. So I thought you know, about maybe not accepting any work for, at all for December, just taking some extended time off. That, that was the gist of it, wasn't it, uh, Emily? Do you still feel like that? Yeah, no, that's a yeah. good question. Well, yeah, that's okay. the question. So, Kev, I mean, I, I've always thought it's a bit strange how a wedding photographer could possibly have the whole of August off. I know why you do it, and it's fantastic for the family. But um, it, so it clearly worked for you, didn't it? You're not, you're not going to say it's a bad idea for Emily to take the entire December off. I'd never take December off. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I, look, you know, it doesn't matter when it is. You work for yourself. That's the whole point of it. Uh, you know, you, 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 100%, if you work for yourself, it has to be about putting your life first. Otherwise, you might as well work for the man. And, and you know, make the man richer, and you just plod along. Which man? Work, which man? The man is the man, well, isn't it? Surely it's the, the woman as well. Is it, is it Boris? Well, the man is mostly Boris. because yeah. we've still got Boris loans. But yeah, I've still got Boris loans. Yeah. Um, but you know, like if you're working for yourself, then you do what what works for you. And if if in your um, business mind or your business plan, you decide you want to take a month off, or six weeks off, or two years off, whatever and the economics are strong behind it, are sound behind it, then do it. I could, how many weddings do you shoot on an average August, pre-pandemic? Oh, um, well, pre-pandemic, it was maybe eight or nine. Yeah, eight or nine weddings yeah. in, a, in one month. Yeah, and, right? that, that's, and that's, a lot. that's with working a holiday in as well. That, that, that's yeah. a lot. So August yeah. is, you know, August to wedding photographers is like Christmas to Santa, isn't it? So you can make a lot of money in that period. Um, but so are also there any opportunities that you feel you've missed out on because you've taken August off? No, I just would never go back to not doing that. Mm. Never. So you, 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 don't, you don't feel you've ever missed something? Go, oh, if only. Because I, I remember we, we launched, I think we gave you the 50R to test out. And you're like, if you want it during August, you're going to get my kids in a pool sort of photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. it. Well, that's it. It's, it's, a non, it's always been a non-negotiable. And that sounds, I know that sounds a little bit, uh, what's the word? Pick-headed. Yeah, a bit, but but it's. <laughs> Sorry, that was too quick, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, what, it's, what, it's what everyone's thinking. Yeah. But the, the the fact is, you know, it's it's like I can do it because I work hard for through the rest of the year doing whatever workshops, presets, uh, weddings in November in barns in Middlesbrough or something you know uh, that, that's what I'll do sorry for anybody that's booked Kevin Middlesbrough <laughs> I, I just I personally do not see the point in just breaking your back 
and having uh, a healthier bank balance. I'd rather have a little bit less, but, but a better lifestyle. You know? And that's, you have to, absolutely have to work that out because, yeah. it, you know, it's, it, it, it's not, and this is only obviously if you're working for yourself. If you're not working for yourself, if you're, like Andreas is employed, but he presumably enjoys his job, has good, but you I'd know. still take December off <laughs> in Australia. Yeah, I mean, Andreas is always in Australia. <laughs> Or Cyprus when he's not allowed to travel. <laughs> um, but whether it manifests itself as taking a month off or whether it manifests itself as buying a posh car or whether it manifests itself as, you know, going on a really, really nice short holiday, whatever, yeah, something that's a little bit out of the norm that only you can control, then I think that's like a- an absolute must thing to do, mm. you know, if you're self-employed. Otherwise, I just don't see the point. Mm. You know, I just don't see the point. Mm. Okay. Thank you, Emily. Right, let's move this microphone around and see who we go to next. Hi, I'm Martin. Um, I see Andreas didn't really react to Paul's comment on the X80, so I won't go there. Uh, I didn't hear an official question. Oh, okay. (laughs) Ask it, ask it, ask it. So I'm a volunteer photographer for a charity called Remember My Baby. Oh, brilliant. Well done. And we often turn up at hospitals, which have really poor lighting. Uh, I have a um, um, Pro X3 and I use my um, X100V and I have an external flash Um, and we quite often are in very poorly lit environments that aren't really designed for any sort of photography so any tips and tricks to get the best out of my equipment in such an, an environment. Mm, well, first of all, well done for, for uh, working for Remember My Baby. I know they're an amazing outfit. Mm. Uh, Kev, I mean, uh, obviously it's uh, the, uh, the other end of the story, really, with the, uh, the birth photography that you've done, but you've used to, you're used to being in those environments with that kind of... Kind of uh, yeah, there's no point asking me about flash at all, but no. well, one <laughs> thing I would... Yeah, so I would... I don't know whether you've... Ex- I literally cannot put myself in the position where you could do that or like you're thinking about it. So I don't know the circumstances of what you would be allowed or not. But I use a little LED constant light I was source. Say like LED panel yeah. or something like that. Well, you use, the, you use the, the tiny Lumimuse, don't you? It's yeah. even smaller than a, a light yeah, panel. Yeah, it's like this big. Yeah, tiny. Could be an option. I suppose the other thing, is, the question is, how far are you happy to push your ISO um, mm-hmm. from, from, a, from a light perspective because it, it's a how long is a piece of string question people will say 3200 is too high 6400 is acceptable etc so it, it's finding that balance LED um, constant light sources have come a huge leaps and bounds over the past few years um, so, so it might be something like that to look into which but again it, it depends on the look that you, you're going for but how you make the most out of your kit use um, primes to get brighter um, faster lenses and um, push your ISO up the traditional things that you, you you're already aware of you're not you're probably not doing anything that you, there's no magic secret sort of thing unfortunately but I would I would say have a look at LED panels um, you get really th- thin panels nowadays that, that can light up a room well there's, there's, um, a, there's a wonderful one um, who, who makes Neo Neo Rotolite uh, Rotolite that's it and the Neo 2 is out, isn't it? So I've three. got the... Uh, three, is three. three now. I've got the original one. And yeah. I, I still love it. And that's a... I, I think it's a very subtle uh, light panel. Yeah. Where we, some of them are... Huge light float, yeah. floating into the room. But, but maybe put that on a tripod and move it away from you so it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's emanating from the photographer. Then you've lit up in a way that 
maybe these lights. I mean, I've not put the lights there, but they're there. So you could essentially put your own lighting somewhere else. Now, that means that the lighting will be more creative, perhaps. That could be a way, because you're, you're removing the light stem, if you like, from yourself, aren't you? You're putting yeah. it over there. And so, therefore, it, it might not seem um, quite so intrusive, because it's, it's, not, part of, it's not part of you. It, it's somewhere else. But th those Neos are fantastic. Yeah, and we've recently bought a set for the studio downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. And that's they flash we're... as well, the new ones, don't they? Yeah. Two's did, one doesn't, so certainly. Stop no. there, Neil. Right. Uh, right. Okay. In terms of rotor lights, I think. <laughs> I'm going to get my book out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, thank you. And, and uh, fantastic work working for that charity. Amazing. Right, next question. Yeah, hi, uh, I'm Michael. Um, and I wanted to ask you uh, about your thoughts about the evolution of uh, social media. With recently the Instagram turning back on, on photographers and in general um, photograph, uh, social media being like a constant treadmill. What are the best alternatives to promoting through social media and how do you see it evolving? Is that the way you feel it is, just a constant treadmill now? Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. like a need to feed the machine yeah. with new stuff. Facebook is the one that, that really, I find that just, I don't really know what to do with it anymore. Um, I mean, we, we have this fantastic group and that's great because there's great engagement in it. But for anybody that's starting up a company now using Facebook uh, and, tr and trying to get your posts seen, I don't know, yeah. how, you, I don't know how that would even happen. I, I agree completely. You, you almost, we're, we're, we're trapped into, um, into this social media where, where we have to be part of it. Um, from a personal perspective, I've removed myself from Facebook and um, I tried to do Instagram as well, but I realized that Instagram was a way for friends and family to see my daughter growing up, so, so I went back on Instagram. Um, and the only Facebook account I have is for work to keep you lot in check as much as possible and, and get the abuse, of course. But from a business perspective, um, we, we've noticed our own social media channels fluctuates massively in terms of losing um, uh, followers and things like that. But you are constantly have to post a couple of times a day or so like, and then it has to be always engaging and, and you are having to pump a lot of money in to make sure that those posts that you historically were going to hit people organically mm. actually find the right people. And of course now you're fighting this battle that Instagram want to be TikTok, don't they? So. Everything has to be a video. One, 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 there's a really useful bit of software called Headliner. And um, I, I use it for one of my Instagram channels. And uh, effectively, you put a still on there. You can mix it with some sound. And you, and you get the moving wave band. So it makes it look a bit more attractive, doesn't it? I mean, it's, just, it's not just a, a still image with some sound, which all you know, feels the wrong word, obviously, for wedding photography, but divorced from it. Um, but but if you if something like headline is great and uh, I noticed the engagement on films was poof, it was great yeah. and I, I actually started to think well what about in weddings if I if I just took because I as some of you will know I record the audio at weddings if I just took some of the snippets some of the really you know gold snippets that you do hear sometimes some lovely stuff said in speeches take that put it over a still picture run it through headliner and the engagement will we'll obviously hopefully follow like it does on one of my other Instagram accounts. And that's the way that I'm going to deal with it. I'm just going to put them up as more films um, yeah. because Instagram seems to, I mean, it's flavor of the month at the moment, isn't it? But Kev, no, no, Kev, you've got a very different take on this because Instagram is still being, I think, somewhat successful for you, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Instagram probably drives 25% of my inquiries. Yeah. 
Uh, I have literally no idea what I've done, but I don't get any adverts on Instagram. I see stills only. I never see any of those wheelie, wheelie things. Um, I just, I, it's good. My reach is reasonable, I think, considering. Um, but what I don't do and what I've never done and what a lot of people did and what a lot of people still do is try and beat the system. So by that, they do things like, you know, billions of hashtags. Doesn't make sense. They do dot, 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 hashtag, 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 hashtag. And the reason they're doing that, dot, 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 is because they don't want their potential clients to see the hashtag, so they think they're hiding it. And the fellow what wrote Instagram, he's a brainy fella. And so he knows that when he sees dot, 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 what you're trying to do is fool him. And he's just, it's not going to work. It just won't work. It's, mm. It just won't. You can't fool the system. It, you know, interact, reply to the comments. Do you, uh, do you believe I, people get penalised? Converse. Then? Yeah, then, people then, will get penalised dot, 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 dot. Yeah, buying, I mean, not so much now, but, but like buying followers, all of that kind of stuff. If you, yeah. if you yeah. ever did that once on your Instagram account, you guaranteed you will be penalised. Like, guaranteed. Some to a greater extent than others. The hashtag thing is a... Is a is crazy you know people you, you, I mean we've talked about this loads of times on the on the podcast but you know there's a picture of a wedding and it's hashtag wedding hashtag wedding dress hashtag dress hashtag wedding hashtag woman hashtag man hashtag shoes hashtag dogs cats blue skies where red sky it's like totally irrelevant and and if somebody clicks on hashtag blue skies they're not going to look in for a wedding photographer so you're wasting it and so I would say three or four hashtags Max is probably enough. Mm. Just be totally organic with your m- more text. Sticking a picture on there and and just saying, you know, lovely wedding yesterday is not going to give you reach. You know, good conversational content on Instagram, um, and it'll. I'm sure it works. Mm. I'm absolutely sure it works. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's Instagram gets a a really big. I I don't post regularly. I post when I have something to post. Um, I think the last one was probably two or three weeks ago. And I think Instagram gets a bad rap because people expect them to do their marketing for themselves. So I'm going to get an Instagram account, I'm going to put my pictures up there, and then the phone's going to ring and I'm going to get loads of business. And when that doesn't work, oh, Instagram's rubbish. It's not, it's like blaming the yellow pages for nobody ringing. It's, it's, it's your effort has got to go into it, and you've got to be natural and organic. And, you know, you've got to put the right stuff out there. Uh, and Instagram is not going to make things more difficult for us on purpose. It doesn't make sense. Why would they do that? They will be doing as much as possible to get as many things in front of as many people as possible. Yes, of course, there's paid for adverts and what have you. But they're not purposely going to be putting you at the bottom just, you know, and chuckling at you going, <laughs> you know, hashtag. Uh, it's not. It's, you just be normal, just be natural with it. And, but it's a very, very long tail game I think Um, you know and try I I mean I could talk about this for hours um, but you know people they do like social media scheduling and they have apps AppSumo and all this and all that and you know I'm gonna Thursday at three o'clock is the best time for me to post because that's when most people are online yeah wasting your life just post when you want to post and just being like a normal person I think that's the best way I honestly think that's the best way and it does drive like I would say 20-25% of my yeah, uh, yeah I mean you say it's a huge uh, part of your inquiries are from yeah. Instagram yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah okay a few more questions we've got a few more moments of, of the show remaining 
Um, We've only got luggage tags left, but they do say Fujifilm on them. <laughs> we're, we're, we're down to the luggage tags. <laughs> we're down to luggage tags. Oh, uh, luggage tags and a pen. Ah, yeah. Fr- front row. Front row. So I, I, this is Joey uh, from New York. I can't believe we've made it this far without a question about firmware updates, uh, <laughs> frankly. I can't believe you came uh, all the way from New York and you got the luggage tag. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'm going to try and ask this as charitably as possible for Andreas. Yeah. Can you tell us how Fujifilm's uh, viewpoint on firmware updates has evolved over the 10-year history of the X-Mount? Um, right. I mean, so I think when we, I think it, it, this applies to most brands, actually. But from, from our perspective, what happened was we, we launched a camera, and in the nicest possible way, the engineers knew a bit of what they were doing, not, not everything. So um, what, what happens is you start with a sensor, and you start with a processor, and over time you go, well, actually, we can get a bit more out of it, or we can make it do this. And, and instead of, like other brands, thinking, well, we'll just release another camera with those features, we um, actually updated the firmware. And a lot of the um, kudos that we got from photographers was like, look, Fujifilm are giving back because ultimately the camera came with X amount of features and now we're adding more features to it because we're learning how sensors and processors work ultimately and interchangeable lenses work and how the lenses and what have you. And as that has evolved over time, I think the naturally firmware updates have decreased because the engineers and the product planners have understood more at the start of a product's life cycle how to get the most out of the product. So a lot of the, I suppose the the biggest criticism we've had is, hang on a minute, that sensor and that processor is exactly the same. I should be able to have exactly the same film simulations. Um, It doesn't always work like that primarily from um, other components um, are needed in order to get certain things out. So how it's evolved was I think it was the team were learning as much as anything. There was a lot of feedback um, from the likes of, of Kevin and other photographers about what features we should have, um, what features were possible from a firmware perspective, what needed hardware upgrades as well. And then we became trapped for a long time because we have got all this goodwill from people and then automatically we go assume goes well I'm not buying another camera ever again it has to come with a firmware update you sort of like we, we've we got everyone hooked on firmware updates thinking that was the that was the way to um, get more out of your system and I think what's happened is the product planners and the engineers have, have known more from the start because we, we know we have more experience when it comes to working with these sensors and processors. So that, that's really how it's evolved in terms of we were learning at the same time and we thought actually it's a good way to give back um, in terms of constant improvement and, and features. But then it became like a drug everyone was hooked on um, and everyone started demanding. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like, well, we didn't sell you the camera and we said it had XYZ feature at the start. So you shouldn't expect it, but then you're in this vicious cycle mm. and, and it's very hard to get out of. Okay, I think uh, I saw one more hand, I think, and then we're heading toward the, uh, the last knockings of the show. Uh, Kian here. I recently bought a photographic print from one of my favourite photographers, uh, who's John Blakemore. He's very old, and it'll be the last series that he ever does. Um, and I also have a 
very large silver halide print from John Swanell is kind of almost the centerpiece of our living room. So, do any of the three of you buy other photographers' prints? And if so, um, do you put them up on the wall or do you keep them hidden away? Is it something that you like to invest in? I, I have got, I, I do buy prints from time to time and, and I've bought a John Swanell as well, <laughs> funnily enough. Um, so uh, the answer is ye yes from me. Um, one of my favourite prints is actually from a very good friend of mine um, who, who I talk about often and who lives in the same town, uh, Charles Penfound, who was a, an army photographer and there's, a, there's an image of, um, there's a couple of images I've, I've had from him and one of them is of uh, a little girl with an Aeroflot box and she is, she's asking for money and, and he's, there's this picture that he took when he covered the, uh, the Bosnian uh, war and, um, and everybody was just walking on by, it was just a flurry of feet. It's not a particularly nice subject, but it was just such a, a beautifully emotive, if I can use those two words together correctly, uh, picture. So for me, yeah, I think it's, I think it's very, um, yeah. and, a, and a Bert Hardy. I'm very proud of my Bert Hardy. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got none. Um, <laughs> I haven't. I, I was sat there thinking, this Ev. is terrible. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, I have got, I do have, so, I've got so, a couple of Martin Parr prints. See, that counts. But they were given, and, oh, right, and also okay. Louis Garvan yeah. print, yeah, which was yeah. given. But no, I don't think. Is that the one you tried to sell? I tried to put it on eBay, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've got any that I bought. I've got hundreds of books, but not prints. Yeah, yeah. thing Did is, Gemma just wouldn't. Like, Hold on, Gemma. Yeah. I, it, it just, no, it's not going to... What, what if you came back with a thumping great big, uh, I don't know, Litchfield, and you said, this, this cost me seven and a half thousand quid. It's great, it's great, Gemma. It's going to go up in value. The thing is, Gemma's more, far more artistically minded than mm. I am. Ah, right. Like, far more. And, yeah. and the, the stuff we do have on the walls is, well, I wouldn't call it, well, you can't say proper art, but, you know, when they've used pens and paints and things. <laughs> colouring in by numbers. <laughs> colouring in stuff, yeah. Posh colouring yeah. in. Um, you know, like that. You're the sort art. of person that goes to the Tate, aren't you, and says, my kid could have done this. Yeah. I can't even draw a straight line, but Gemma's a very, very good artist. Yeah. Um, so she that is, tends yeah. to be what we might have in our house. But yeah, I am quite... Yeah, have me. you bought anything, Andreas? Any, any... No, I similar to Kevin now, I mean, we, we are blessed in that we have beautiful wives that are very artistic, um, and in, in nature and my, my wife we were, we were recently at Photo London and, and she bought Ooh. some prints yeah. um, I don't know from who I just knew I had to go and pick them up on the Sunday when the exhibition closed that, that was all I was and what were they do, do, you, do you know what they were or? I have no idea oh. <laughs> uh, uh, I was going to say yeah I, <laughs> I was, I was just listening to the fact that I had to go back into London. So, so no, we, we've got... Um, yeah, my, my wife's really good in terms of curating stuff that yeah. she's collected over the years, be it posh colouring in, as Kevin calls it, <laughs> or, uh, or prints. But, um, no, I, I've never bought any, anything myself. Well, thank you for the question. And, and, and thank you, everybody, for turning up. Here we are, 878 days after Kev said to me, you don't think we're going to have a lockdown, do you? And I said, no, Kev, don't be daft. Um, so thank you very much for, for coming along. It's great to see smiley faces again at the House of Photography, which is, which is brilliant. Thank you for your questions. Uh, thank you also for our, our speakers today. Yeah. Um, so uh, appreciate your time. And, and we should give them a, a round of applause as well for Dan Kapira.
Um, we, will, we will be back in the studio, of course, uh, for, for the next show. And, um, uh, and keep sending your questions in. Send them to click at fujicast.co.uk. Kev always gives us the how do you take part in the Facebook bit. Go to Facebook, go to the Fujicast uh, Facebook group, and it's the pin thread at the top. Questions for the show. And I do get a little bit angry when people answer the questions in that thread. Oh, I, I've, stopped, I've stopped doing that. Yes. Uh. Yes. That's why it says questions for the show thread. <laughs> okay. Be, be warned. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, a big round of applause. Thank you. House thank of you, everyone. The FujiCast is an independent Loading Zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.